Come on, nation. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 232. You heard that right, episode 232 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Today's show, Dane Moore of the Dane Moore NBA Podcast joins in to talk about the early rookie play of James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, and Anthony Edwards. We also dive into some Timberwolves talk. Dane covers the Wolves, so we get into that. Just a great conversation. You can find Dane on Twitter at Dane Moore NBA. That's D-A-N-E. M-O-O-R-E-N-B-A. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. One note, we recorded this one on January 12th. Obviously, the James Harden trade didn't happen yet, so we didn't talk about it. But a lot of great things we did talk about. So tune in, enjoy, and let's get into it. host of the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Uh, welcome to Combos Corps, man. How are you feeling today? Good, man. Thank you for having me. So it's, it's always fun to kind of step out of my own little bubble and, you know, just talk about basketball in general. Yeah. When you, when you have a podcast, it does feel like you have your own little bubble. That's for sure. You know, you get a little bit, you get a bit trapped in your ways of thinking, you know, and I mean, for me, I, I cover the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so, I mean, it's just particularly when you're covering a generally bad team you can just really you know kind of get into the too deep into the weeds a little bit and you're like you know it's sometimes it's come nice to come up and just you know th- there's 29 other teams out there right there's a whole lot of basketball going on outside of our individual bubbles most definitely dane there is one benefit of covering a bad team <laughs> what is that tell me you get to cover the draft more often right <laughs> that's true that's true i that was that was fun this summer. I mean, that honestly, that like saved my mental sanity this summer to have some some basketball to actually dig into with the draft. It was fun. So yeah, you know, I saw you just did a film review. Uh, we cover the draft often here, but before that, um, we could get into some current Minnesota topics real quick. How was today's interviews? I was good. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Now it's all over Zoom. Like normally, right. I'd be you know at the practice facility or whatever, and you're you're talking. You know, you're talking to Coach Saunders in person or Cat or, you know, whoever it might be. Um, so it's it's definitely been an adjustment in that way. But it, it's, you know, we're getting there. Like, we're, we're getting a little bit more used to it. It's, it's start – at first, it was very, like, pass the baton back and forth, you know. But uh, I don't know if you probably saw this. Like, D'Angelo Russell did this whole thing with a few of us where we just talked about um, – you know, we just had, like – it felt like when I have happy hour – with my friends on zoom during the pandemic, you know, where we're just all just kind of going back and forth talking a little bit. So I say that to say, we're finding ways to be a little bit more organic in our conversations. And then, you know, credit to D'Lo having conversations about actually important stuff. How has D'Lo looked during the season of, you know, I always liked his game. I mean, cat's been through a lot. So that's such an unfortunate situation with him. How are those two looking out there? 
Well, so that's kind of like the crux of the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Like this whole idea of what they're building is, is kind of based on the same idea. It's based on the idea that like Cat and D'Lo can be good as like as a two-man pairing as, right. as like Luca and Porzingis or something like that, right? Like that's kind of that's kind of the idealistic what the Wolves, you know, are building. And you put like you put pieces around that. I mean, it makes uh, sense because there's a lot of duos in the NBA right now. So, I mean, I see I see where they're trying to go with it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like the five-one, the whole pick and roll thing, where the mm-hmm. where the league's going. So, but what I mean, it's it's funny. Like Dilo's actually been here for like almost a year now, if you think about it. Like, yeah, uh, the trade deadline was almost was almost twelve months ago, and and literally him and him and Cat played one game together last year, and then they played two this year before Cat got hurt again, and now Cat's back, like playing with a club on his hand. So it's just like it's just funny. We we haven't really got to test the waters on what basically like the whole premise of who the Timberwolves are, you know, we, we just haven't got to see it yet. I guess that's a, that's the short way of putting it. Yeah. There's also, there is some redundancy with the other players and, uh, for sure. Delos and Delos skill set, sure. you know, but, um, look, you did the film review of three rookies and we yeah. talk about the draft often. I actually talked about Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton more than any other prospect. I was higher on Edwards than many coming in and, you know, the argument would be, you know, they always want to compare when you talk about top prospects. You know, LaMelo got better feel for the game. I'm like, true. You're right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the better player, right? Oh, for like, sure. I, I saw Anthony Edwards. I thought if you put his game in NBA space, he'll look even better than he did in college. Like, that was my thoughts. Like, to keep it simple, obviously, there was more in-depth analysis there. Um, what have you seen from him? Has the NBA space benefited him? I mean, I've saw. Let, him let play. me start with you. What have you seen from him with the Timberwolves so far? Well, at first, it was almost the same thing I was seeing with Tyrese. He was just in the corner a lot. Like I didn't really like that part of it. But I, I uh, did you see that as well? Like yeah. Well, at, they're, at, they're, at the end of the, at the end of one at the end of his last game, I saw it was like they were creating offense at top, and Rubio and Edwards were in the corner. Like I didn't really understand that. So, so you're talking about you're talking about the Spurs game? Yeah. 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 So what's tricky about that is because that, that, that isn't necessarily representative because that's the only game that he's closed. Ed- okay. Edwards has closed. So he's out there then with D and Beasley and Ricky, you know, so, so those are, those are three other, the three more primary ball handlers of the, of the group. Right. So, so it kind of pushes him into the corner more, which is kind of what you were getting to before of like, there's some redundancy on the team. Yeah. But what I, what I've liked with Edwards actually, and I know a lot of people are like, why isn't this dude starting? Why isn't this dude starting? It's like, well, if we keep him on the second unit, now he's out there with guys who don't need the ball in their hands as much. So you can kind of peel him up out of the corner and you can run more, you know, get him going downhill a little bit more. So it's yeah. actually, he's looked nice in flashes there, but you're like, that's that's my question right now is like, all right, you're building something here. You've got your main identity as a cat deal pick and roll. How does Anthony Edwards fit into that? Because yeah, you don't want to just tuck him away into the corner. I'm with you there. You gotta yeah. find you gotta find that balance though. Yeah, so uh the thing that I liked about him going in, he gets his shot off real easily from all three levels. I mean, I think we're still seeing that a little bit. And we knew yeah. efficiency was gonna be an issue. And then when it comes to the feel for the game thing that people are talking about, I mean He's actually a, a great passer if you really look at it. Great passer. Live dribble, both hands, for sure. You know, you looked at James and LaMelo as well. How would you compare all three of these rookies? And, you know, we could even do the bench one, start one, cut one game. Like, <laughs> how, how, how would you – like, looking at all three of them, what are you seeing? Who has the highest NBA 
potential. Like I always thought Edwards had the highest superstar potential. Me personally, I know many would go with LaMelo and probably James Wiseman would be at the end of that list only because he's a big and the way the NBA game is going. So uh, just mm-hmm. looking at those three prospects and from your first 10 games, it's really early, obviously. Right. What, what are you thinking? Well, so, so what I always, so for me, I was like really close between Edwards and Ball, but I had LaMelo as my number one on my board, Okay. you know, coming in. And, and it was, it was honestly kind of just being more conservative. Like I think LaMelo is the guy who you draft and he makes the best player on your team a lot better. Yeah. Not that he's the best guy, right? Where Anthony Edwards, you're drafting him with the hope that he becomes your best guy on your team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, those yeah, are definitely those are different risk propositions, though. Like it's what what you're drafting Lamelo to be. That is just more likely going to come to fruition, but it doesn't have as much like power as it. So that's so that's why I get like I get why the Timberwolves took Anthony Edwards because if that hits, if you check that box, the odds that he becomes a, the best player on a team like that's super you know super valuable and yeah. And I think we're even through these 10 games, <clears throat> specifically with those two, we're kind of seeing that, right? Where, where Anthony Edwards is being played in this kind of sort of second unit role, but you can tell that he's just going to be, when it comes together, he's going to be this high usage dude who is going to get 20 shots in a game. And, you know, and it will be whether or not he's good at that will be dependent on whether or not he's efficient. A hundred percent. With, with yeah. this game there. And then LaMelo is he's helping the dudes around him. Like he's, he's been awesome in the fact that he's just spacing the floor with his passing and, yeah. and special it's passer, the like, I mean, special passer. We, we, we always knew that about him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's just funny. Cause we're going to, we're going to do the Luca and Trey thing with those two, you know, for the next few years, because that was, you know, that was the question. And they're just very, they're very different because like, Fully recognized LaMelo Ball looks very different than fully recognized sort of Anthony Edwards. And then and then James Wiseman is this whole other thing where you're like, well, that looks awesome too. He's a freak, but how valuable, you know, like yeah. how valuable can a five be? And and that's why that's why it's been fascinating. But man, I the I, I'm sure you were hearing it all with like the draft stuff this summer, the narratives just about this class being week. And it's like, oh no, man, 10 games in, you watch these three dudes play, and you could pretty like easily see a path to all three of them being a very good player in the league. Yeah. And there's other guys looking really good. Uh, Maxi mm-hmm. uh, quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it's not a weak draft at all, even though this draft will probably be even stronger. Uh, that's, we, that's true. So, so let's say you had the number one pick. I mean, Kate Cunningham, I mean, no question. Right. So, I mean, honestly, so I'm one of those, like, just cause I'm on the beat with the, with the wolf stuff where I'm like all in on the season, like as okay. it goes. And then, you know, I'm one of those guys, like, okay. I'm a, I'm a dig in like, you know, later, a little bit later into the year. So, I mean, yes, I've watched some Cade and that would be, that would be my initial opinion, but I have not like ripped through all the synergy film of all the, all the dudes in this. Tell me about Cade. Tell me about Cade. Man, like the, the thing about Cade is he's just one of those guys that the game slows down and you can never speed him up. And, you Sounds know, good. just great passer, great feel. Like, he's from – I mean, I'm not saying he'll be these guys, but he's from, like, the Luka LeBron mold, you know, just yeah. a super big forward who could initiate offense like a guard and he gets in the lane easily and he makes everybody around him better. Um, if he could shoot it at a, at a clip where you have to guard him, I mean, sky's the limit for that kid, you know. What? It, it, it's just – 
so, so the Wolves are on this big losing streak. They only get to keep their pick, right, if it's in the, the top three. Oh. Otherwise, otherwise, it goes to Golden State. That was part of the D'Lo Wiggins trade. So wait, oh, so wait, wait, say that again. They, they have to stay in the bottom three? Yeah, yeah, the bottom three. So it has to be one of the top three picks. So why not just start Edwards? To tank? Not necessarily a tank, but it's going to – maybe you might lose a few more games this year. But well, for- I got your answer. I got your answer because here's the thing. Even if you have the worst record in the league. And actually, you know what? Honestly, I believe that he'll play good enough where it won't be a tank anymore, me personally. But I mean well, – Yeah, but what if – because some people would argue that, whatever, or people argue taking. But what people don't get is the lottery odds flattened out. So even if they have the worst odds in the, in the league, like the, with the worst record in the yeah. league, they still only got a 40% chance of landing in the top three. So it's like, even if you got the worst record, that's still 60% chance that you don't keep the pick because if it falls anywhere, you know, four and below, then the Warriors get it. So eventually maybe it'll come a conversation if we're like, you know, a couple months from now, we're like, okay, Cade Cunningham looks like he's LeBron. Um, that, then you start thinking about it. But at the same time, like you can't, you can't like establish a culture of losing. I think that's what's important here in Anthony Edwards's. Yeah, I mean, don't you think that if you – I mean, he'll just get more and more comfortable and it will build excitement in the arena. Well, there is no – oh, there's no yeah. fans. But you know what I mean. At I, home- mean let, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Anthony Edwards has been terrible on defense, though. Like, that's yeah. why I think it would lead to more. Well, the whole, the whole team, right, outside of Cat? Well, well, yeah, the whole team. But, like, for sure – just well, yeah, it's the whole team. But Anthony Edwards isn't like – he looks like a good defender, right? And I, I think he still could be. Well, he's he, just ha- very he, showed, lost. He, he shows flashes on ball. Mm-hmm. He shows flashes on ball. Yeah. And, and he shows the wrong type of flashes off ball. That, I mean, but whatever. He's 19. Like, I actually just asked Ryan Saunders about that. And that's at, at practice now. And, and he was like, yeah, off ball basically said, like, off ball is a problem. But, you know, he's, it's something that you kind of expect with a 19 year old. It's something we expected as two people who are high on Edwards yeah. you know, coming out of the draft is that. It's going to, you know, it's going to come. But I will say, if we're just being fair and objective, like it's been worse defensively in the first 10 games than I thought it would be. doesn't mean it doesn't change anything about like what his defensive ceiling is or anything, but it hasn't been good. Well, you've seen a lot of Anthony Edwards more than most. Do you see all-star or even superstar potential as of right now? Yeah, man, I I do. Honestly, I do. Um, I don't, it's, it's really hard to like pin down what the odds of that are, because I think so much of it will come down to what he does between the ears, you know, or how he's coached, what the culture is that he's involved in. Like yeah. that, you know, that stuff's a difference. I mean, in Minnesota, we talk about that all the time. Like that was a big part of the Wiggins thing, you know, yeah. like raising a culture of losing, like it kind of, it kind of seeps in and, you know, the wolves are, you are at a, at a different spot, but he's he's got to have good people in his ears and he does right now like they have they have david vantable is the guy who works with him who was with i don't know if you know that he's with damian lillard and cj mccollum back in portland like those guys are super tight lillard attributes a lot of his development to him so the wolves have like latched those two guys together i see him at every practice every game just inseparable so they're trying to cultivate that for ant but a lot of times it just it plays out like what are you gonna do you know what are you going to do, Anthony Edwards? We can watch. We can watch all the film. We can see what you can do. But what are what are you going to put in? Like that. That's 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 what it is. Like it's it's kind of one of those things where it's up to him. 
Um, anything from a tactical point of view you'd like to see Minnesota do differently? I mean, we, we already talked about this. There's a redundancy in skill set. Um, and I said, like, during the time I was watching, there's a lot of, like, three guys playing basketball and two sitting in the corner, which that's a – I mean – I mean, even kind of like the I, NBA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happens in all types of basketball. Like, I understand you want to space it from the corners, but with Rubio and Edwards, you're not really spacing it. But that's besides the point. Like, anything else different you'd like to see them do from, like, a tactical? Well, it just – it's – yeah, I mean, I want to see them go through Cat more and see how all these guys fit around Cat. That's what's been so broken. It's like, oh, my God, what am I watching right now? Like, when Cat's not out there, we're running Ed Davis and D'Angelo Russell pick and roll, and everyone's just standing around, and that's the best option. And it's like, that's not good. And, and it's not going to be the plan going forward. So I'm just trying to, I'm interested to see, you know, how much they, how they use cat. And if it is like just a barrage of pick and rolls, or if they're still going to look to space the floor and clear out that space for a guy like Edwards to attack. And it's, there's a lot of different things you can do with your, with your offense when you're big can, I mean, because Cat's an elite post-up player too. Like you can feed him on the block, you run the pick and roll. You can just use him as a floor spacer. Like I don't, I honestly don't know. I want to see a diversity of stuff because don't they have enough offensive talent where you can just mix and match, and teams shouldn't be able to keep up. Like they should be an elite offense. They should, yeah. they should be like I, top ten. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they, Malik Beasley. I've always been high on his game. Like I've always liked. Dude, him. he's been awesome. Like okay. people don't know that name. Like Malik Beasley. He's tough, man. He's always been tough. He just he just needed the opportunity. He's always yeah. been good. See, and and honestly, like I questioned that when when he came in here. I was like, uh, this is just one of these guys where we say, like, oh, if we give him if we double his shots, he's gonna double his scoring. I was like, uh, I don't know. He's played he's on some coming. really deep teams without the opportunity he should be getting, you know? For sure. And and those people should know that he came over 14 games at, for, after the deadline and he he averaged like 23 a game shooting over 40% from three. And now he's doing the same thing here in this time. So it's like, it's not even really negotiable that he's not like a bucket. Like, Oh, hundred percent. That's just, he's, he's played like 30 games or 25 games with the wolves. And he's been awesome through, through all of them. And I think it was, I think when people were bagging on his, his contract, he signed the summer, it's because they didn't, hadn't watched like Leak Beasley can absolutely play offensively. And he's, he's, not a great defender either, but he's bringing a ton of effort to that end. And he's been in a weird year for the Wolves. Like, Malik Beasley has been the stabilizing on the court. Like, you know, off the court, that dude's a little wild. But, like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the court, on the court, he's been really solid, for real. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two questions for you. I want to see where you go. Totally different. Don't even have anything to do with each other. Will Cat cool. finish his career in Minnesota? And will this NBA season end in a bubble? You could go with either one. Uh, I'll start with the cat one. Um, I always say this, like, and this isn't me being negative, but let's just like look around at the other yeah. players in the league, like who are top 10 players. Like think about how many teams Paul George has been on. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's like a similar caliber player, like a, of yeah. a, like a recognized cat, like 10th best player in the league. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. That's what I just said to people is like, look, like, what team did Kevin Durant play for five years ago? What team, you know, like it just, the way the NBA is set up and literally structured through their collective bargaining agreement that gives the players the power to bet on anything other than extensive player movement is just, that would be a stupid bet. Like odds yeah, yeah. are any player we talk about is going, is going to move unless they are 
a super duper star and their team is like locks them down like Giannis did. But Giannis is actually the exception to to the yeah. norm of, of what happens. So that's why everybody was expecting the opposite in some ways. Exactly. So yeah. so you can't like if we want to talk about this objectively, you can't say well like odds are that cat's gonna stay. Like no. Odds are cat is not going to stay. But, but the problem but that doesn't mean it's impossible. Yeah, the problem for a place like Minnesota is cat will leave, but it's hard to land another guy in free agency, you know? Yeah, so that's why that's yeah. why I mean they that's why they traded for D'Angelo. That's why they like yeah, I mean, they're going to I mean, the plan, I don't see how it's anything else, is that eventually they're going to trade, you know, like a Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards to go get a third star to put next to Cat and Dilo. Like that's, I mean, it's not now when the Wolves are ready to like make that move. They either need Anthony Edwards to become the star himself, like now or next year. Well, you got to start, you got to start him first, Dane. If you want to, <laughs> you got to start him. <laughs> Chill. 10 games, 10 games. He'll get out there. No, so I don't know. I mean, the cat thing is obviously a source of major anxiety for Timberwolves fans yeah. out here, but like, I don't know, man. It's the, that's like, the reality of the situation is these dudes move unless you nail everything right. So the front office is trying to nail everything right. They brought in his best friend. They cater to him back and forth as much as you possibly can to a star. Like they're, they're, pers- they're pressing the buttons and the next best, the next most important button to press is make the damn playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta do that or you're not like, he's not even, it's not even a consideration anymore. Cause, cause cat is, cat cares about his perception. And yeah, and we know how that works in the league. It's about your perception is framed off of what you do in the playoffs. So he knows he's got to get there to like show that he is who he believes he is. Yeah. So uh, the second question, the the bubble. I mean, I think it's going that way. Uh, you're talking to the coaches and players often. Are you reading in between the lines? They, Ryan was just talking about that this morning a little bit. Like, and and the Wolves have actually been like a guy who works for them um, named Robbie Sicka actually was like the one behind the whole COVID process in the Orlando bubble. So the wolves, the wolves have actually, he, he helped basically like invent the COVID test where you spit in and you don't get the thing stubbed in your nose. Like they've been very, very uh, much on the forefront of the whole COVID movement. Now, of course that doesn't prevent any of their players from like, going to the barbershop, getting their haircut and getting COVID like that, you know, that could happen too. Like they, they recognize that, but you know, there are elements to this where the teams can tighten the screws a little bit more than they have. And, and if they want to actually play this season, you got to do that. And you got to get your players to buy into like living their lives in a somewhat of a bubble, a normal bubble, bubble themselves. And I'm just telling you, these NBA players are not doing that. Like they're not, they're, they're, they're out in the world. Like they're a bunch of college age kids. Most of the guys are like yeah. under 25 year olds. Yeah. What are normal under 25 year olds doing right now in the world? Getting COVID like crazy because they're going out and living like under 25 year olds. So like my answer is unless on a team to team basis, you can convince the 15 guys on your team to shut their, their lives down then no, there's not, a, it's not, there's no way this is going to work. There's no way it's going to work. And you would need to, yeah, you would need to finish the season in some sort of bubble because who the hell knows what the vaccine timeline is. I, you know, it's, 
I'm just so annoyed with all of it. Like, I just want – I'm so scared the season's going to, like, stop again. I'm like, I just want this to – I just want this to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Hopefully this episode comes out uh, before a stoppage of the NBA season, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, be brutal. Be brutal. Be brutal for the fans. Like, people need something to watch right now. I feel like it's, I feel like like fans are engaged in the NBA right now. Dang, man. Great insight. Great stuff. You're always welcome back on this show. (laughs) Thank you for having Uh, me. Yeah. Where can we find you on um, social media? Everywhere else? Uh, Yeah. Just Daymore MBA is is my Twitter handle. That's why I'm, you know, plugging. I'll plug all my stuff there. And then, yeah, I, for my job, I cover the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, uh, my podcast is pretty much all Timberwolves related, but my last one is more a general conversation about Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and James Wiseman, just a film review with one of my friends here in uh, Minneapolis who is a, who's a coach. So we just kind of ripped through the synergy and talked about what we saw. So, so yeah. Awesome, Dane. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. All right. Later, man. Thank you to everyone who tunes into Combo's Court across the globe. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. And big shouts to Dane for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate and review this show wherever you listen to Combo's Court. And if you have Instagram and listen to this episode in its entirety, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo, that's O-N-E, T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll repost it and be on the lookout for episode 233. Combo out.